Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dusty, we've been going through James Franklin's quotes from meeting the media last week. And, you know, candidly, when I hear James Franklin talk, it's almost like just pick any of his other meetings with the media and you could replay that and, and, you know, get practically the same thing. But I like to hear from the assistant coaches. It's a different voice, a different angle. We don't hear them all that often. So that, that's what I want to hear. And our first snippet um, from Coach Stubbefield, he handles the wide receivers, been doing a good job. They've been uh, looking very good. The first question he addresses, and was this you asking this question, Dustin? About wide receiver depth, yes. All right. This is a question from Dusty. Here is Coach Stubbefield's answer on depth at wide receiver. Uh, quite frankly, this is uh... – this is the longest I've ever been at a place, too, so uh, it's, it's, uh, that's helped. Yeah, I think, that we've, uh, I think that we've recruited well these last few years. I think that we've developed here these last few years. And um, we have a chance with this group to be the deepest that it's been in a long time. Uh, obviously, there's still development, uh, development that needs to happen. Um, but we are excited about that group. There's still some unknowns. Uh, but in terms of like somebody that you look at in the room and like, eh, I don't really know about that guy. I don't think we have that guy right now. Okay, interesting answer from Stubbefield. I, I really appreciated his candor right up front. This is the longest I've been anywhere. Uh, but he talks about the depth, and I think he's right. He's got a lot to work with there, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I was really, um, you know, I was excited to hear what he had to say about that because, you know, you look at the names on the on this depth chart. I, I really felt like the most meaningful thing he said there was at the end where you look around the wide receiver's room and you're not looking at any one of those guys wondering if they belong there. And I think that kind of says everything about what they've got going on. And it's just so fascinating. I am writing a story um, at Penn Live just looking at, you know, what was a position of great instability? You know, you remember when Justin Shorter transferred and when uh, Julian Fleming chose Ohio State was very honest about, you know, their lack of development at Penn State um, at wide receiver. You know, you talk about that so suddenly going away and the gentleman who's playing such a big role in that had never spent two years at the same place. So that's the guy who's brought stability to this room and, uh, and really just kind of quietly gone about his business and done a remarkable job. And I think it's all led to this moment here where that now suddenly they've got a, a pretty incredible pipeline there. And, you know, speaking of just to add another wide receiver in the 23 class and Yazid Haynes. Um, but yeah, th- this group is really, really good at the top. And I think there's a lot of intriguing talent as you get a little further down the line, some of whom won't really see the field all that much uh, this fall. You're Liam Clifford's maybe you're maybe it's a Caden Saunders or Malik Meg. I mean, some there's going to be a few of these odd men out uh, who are going to transition into bigger roles as their careers go. But this is a really good group. And, 
And uh, I, I think when he said there's not really any questionable talent on this roster, that should say a lot about how far they've come in, in about a, a year and a half or two years. Did you mean to say that Julian Fleming selected School X? Yes, that's what I, School X. I'm sorry. I, I forgot the lingo. Okay, very good. And it was just a couple of years ago. That's where the biggest question mark was. So not only do they have all the returning players that are going to potentially see the field, they strengthen it with Mitchell Tinsley, who came in as a transfer. Stubblefield talked a bit about getting a player in the transfer portal and specifically Tinsley. Yeah, you know, I look for... There's a lot that I look for because the portal can be very, very uh, tempting and tricky. Um, you could you could fall into a little bit of a trap of, of what that person, how he was recruited. The good thing uh, about Mitch is if you look at his production, his production speaks louder than, than anything. And he's been able to do that against Big Ten competition as well. He's been able to do that... Um, on a big stage. So I, I look at the reasons why people are transferring. Um, we talked with their staff. Um, we talked with uh, his junior college um, coaches and we, we try to, you know, dig into what kind of person he is because yeah, he, he has one year and sometimes those guys can come in there and just be strictly a me guy, me, 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 me. So you kind of got to navigate that. And, uh, and Mitch is not that, so uh, it is hard, but, but it's just another part of recruiting. And, and um, I think, you know, obviously we haven't played a season, but uh, I've been very impressed with what Mitch has brought to the table. Dustin, Penn State seems to be very particular when they bring someone in with the transfer portal. They're very selective. So far, that seems like the right route to take. They've had some uh, players who've really been different makers Will Mitchell Tinsley be the next difference maker? I mean, he certainly looks that way. And I'm glad he said what he said about falling into the trap of looking at how a guy was recruited and what your high school star rating means a year, two years, three years down the line is often not very much. And I, I kind of aired a grievance with uh, Bob Flounders on a Penn Live podcast a couple weeks ago. 24-7 Sports has their transfer portal rankings. And I think Mitchell Tinsley is like number 104 or something like that. And it's like... You know, I told Bob, like, you cannot tell me that 103 players in, in who transferred, 103 transfers are going to work out better than Mitchell Tinsley. I don't buy that for a second. And a lot of that is based on how they were recruited. And, you know, I think the meaning of their recruitment sometimes just doesn't matter very much. And Mitchell Tinsley is one of those guys where it certainly doesn't look like how he's recruited because you've seen him do the job at a high level. And as Taylor Stubblefield said, you saw him do that job against Big Ten teams and you see, you know, the attitude. But the familiarity thing is clearly very important. James Franklin and his staff are not coaches who are going to blast out 24 transfers and hope 12 of them pan out. They're going to go for four or five and they're going to hope all of them pan out and they're going to, you know, it's definitely quality over quantity and making sure they're the right fit and their attitude and they're going to fit in the locker room. I mean, you can make the case that they're, you know, they're too diligent about it, but I think for them, they're just pacing themselves. This is a brand new toy across college football and they're just not at a, in a big hurry to exploit it. You know, they're, they're using it as they should, but they're not doing it in a huge numbers. And I wouldn't expect that to change. 
and Dusty, if we look at this uh, transfer portal class, and I guess you could start describing it that way, Mitchell Tinsley, if he's not one, he'll be 1A or 1B among the wide receivers. Hunter Norzad could very well be a starting guard, as we talked about earlier. And uh, Chop Robinson, if not this year, in time, he is going to be a factor at defensive end. So if you've got three guys that you bring in via the transfer portal and potentially all three be starters, that's a pretty good record on transfer portal, guys. Dusty, let's move on to our next quote. We got one from Ty Howe. He's talking about how does he juggle having three very good tight ends, all of them returning from last year. I think, you know, the biggest thing we talk about as a group is if we go out and play the way we should every day and practice and, and workouts with Coach Losey and, and in the classroom, you know, from, from a football learning standpoint, that our roles will be what we want them to be. And, uh, you know, so that's that's a big piece. And all, all, those three guys, have, have, they all know, you know, they, they, they want to be the guys, right? And, and so they want to be the best group on the team, the best group in the conference, and, and that's, their, you know, that's their goal. And uh, so they're working, you know, towards that and, and doing everything they can to, to make that happen. So, um, you know, it's, it's been fun to watch them, you know, the way they compete, the way they help each other, the way they work with one another, and, and know that they can, they can be utilized in a bunch of different ways. So that's been fun. Dustin, I think the tight ends were underutilized last year, but you definitely have three guys at that position who could be a factor. And the framing of the question that I asked Ty Hal was was basically all three of these guys make a good case to see their roles expand, but mathematically I don't think that that's a possibility. And so his his answer to boil it down is kind of like, you know, having his guys focused on the process and not the outcomes, not the production, not the snaps, but you focus on the work itself and you got to let everything take care of itself. I think it helps that um, you could get two or three of these guys on the field at the same time. It helps that you can make a name for yourself by blocking, even if you're not getting a ton of targets. So I think, you know, it, it's just going to be fascinating to watch, but it seems like um, from what he's saying, these guys have the right attitude about it where, you know, you're competitive as a group. You want to be the best tight ends collectively in the country. That's a really good outlook to have. And it seems like these guys naturally kind of have, it, and they don't require all that much co- coaching on that front. So I think if all this is true, it's a really, really good thing for Penn State because they're not going to be making demands. They're not going to demand anything from Ty Howell. They're not going to demand anything from Mike Yersich. And that's a good thing for your tight ends to be a little bit more on the selfless side. And any one of them could play and be a factor. It's Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, I think in the depth chart returning from last year, you could flip it around to do it the other way. Talent-wise, I'm very high on Tyler Warren. So it's all three guys probably deserve playing time. You mentioned Mike Yursich. We do have one quote from him, and he's talking about the running game, and he references how did they do in the spring, and are they an improved running team based on what happened in the spring? Give a listen. I think so. I, I, I think we got better run. I know we got better running the football this spring. And we feel that way as a staff, and we feel that way as a football program. Um, so it's it's a process, and it's a bunch of hard work. I'm not going to sit here and 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 claim we're we're even close to where we need to be. You know, we're still climbing the mountain. You know, and it's a process, and 
And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the challenge this season, no question. Thank you. You're welcome. Dusty, are you convinced after this spring that the running game is better? I mean, they're going to talk a good game, and, I, and clearly they've emphasized it. Everybody who's who's been asked about it has said that they've really worked at it, and I think that attitude and approach thing is is a is a pretty good chunk of the battle. Um, I, I really wouldn't mind seeing this team really be a run first team, where you have Sean Clifford, you know, run at the set up the pass. And I don't know if Penn State's going to swing in that direction, but it helps. And the other thing Yursich said there is that you know whether you run it 15 times or 50 times a game, you're really looking for efficiency out of that. They didn't put up a lot of numbers from an efficiency standpoint or volume standpoint last season, so really there's nowhere to go but up. And they added a couple freshmen to that room. I think they could be the difference makers, Dusty. We'll see come fall. That is it for quarter number three. Quarter number four, we're going to hear from the coaches on the other side of the ball. Stick around for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 